the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And another development that is only 2020. We got, are you ready for some Wednesday afternoon football? Doesn't really roll off the tongue like it should, Lundy, but uh, we do have a matinee affair. Finally, this vagabond game has found a home uh, between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the fourth try to try to crack this code. So let's get a pick on the spread, and let's get a pick on the total right now at tape time. It is... The Steelers laying 10 and a total of just 42 against the fighting RG3s. Remember, no Lamar Jackson in this game. Though J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram clear to return. And Brandon Williams, important defensive tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, also off the COVID list. So where are you going to go here, amigo? Uh, I'll tell you what, I like uh, Pittsburgh to comfortably cover against those uh, fighting RG3s. Uh, and I think it tucks on the under on this one. I got a final score of 31 to 10. Yeah, that's too high scoring for me. I, I'm going to definitely take the under. I'm kind of leaning toward the Ravens. That's a lot of points. Uh, the defense is still damn good. And they've got some reinforcements off the COVID list. You know what? I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to say 20 to 10 and a low scoring, get your barf bags ready affair. Pittsburgh, I'm going to say a push. That's how cowardly I am here. So if this thing, if a hook gets involved here, Lundy, I'm definitely going to take the Ravens. uh, But I think the smart money wager here is on the under 42. And if you want to get on any of that action or some of the college basketball madness, yes, college basketball season is well underway. And for us, college basketball powers that be, uh, if you know, we've been tapping into those at the Oracle, they are gifting us an incredible match at this upcoming weekend that you need to get on right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gonzaga and Baylor are going to be going toe to toe. And he got it, you know, download the app. Immediately at DraftKings Sportsbook and plug in FTN because you don't want to miss this offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win this Clash of the Titans. Plus, you also get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code FTN. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And again, use that promo code FTN. TN when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right. Bet $1 to win $100. Use promo code FTN during sign up to take advantage of these great offers for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania residents only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. With that, let's get to today's Fade 5. Number 5. All right. Uh, if you listen to uh, the earlier of the week broadcast, we were well under on Gus Edwards at Monkey Knife Fight on that player prop, which was in the high 50s. Well, they have been adjusted, Lundy, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gus the bus at just 39 and a half rush yards. And I'm going to go middle of this sucker. I like the over. 
on this one, my friend. You know, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Inger would be back in the mix, but remember they were on the COVID list. Uh, they haven't had any practice time. Really, nobody's had much practice time, but Gus Edwards was able to stab off the viral loads and as a healthy running back, because we don't know what the impacts are going to be for Dobbins or Ingram. Now, I think he's going to be leaned on heavily in this game. Remember the last matchup uh, with Dobbins on the field when Dobbins went over 100 yards, 16 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown between these two teams. He's got 2.95 yak per attempt. And Pittsburgh, the last five games, 4.62 yards per carry allowed to the running back position. If I were to handicap this backfield in terms of who gets the most touches, I think it's going to be Gus the Bus, and that's why I like the over here, fade or follow. Matt, Brad, I'll tell you what. This is like fantasy owners yelling at Sean McVay, would you just make up your mind already <laughs> uh, in the backfield? That's exactly what fans of this podcast are thinking right now between you and I and Gus Edwards because of the unpredictability of this game. It has made us go back and forth on Gus Edwards, but thank goodness that as the props got posted for DK, the number came down to what makes a lot more sense given the fact that uh, you've got Dobbins uh, and Ingram back on the uh, field. So, yes, I like this now that it's down to 35, 39 and a half. Obviously, we liked it when the other two backs were out. But now I do like it because I do think he is the one that's been able to practice. He'll get the carries. The volume will be there. I don't know how comfortably he gets above this number, but I think he can get up into the 40s. So I'll follow. Buy a ticket for that Gus bus. Number four. All right, let's work in a Pittsburgh Steelers running back. I know it's not Benny Snell, and it's definitely not James Conner, who is on the COVID list and will be inactive for this game. It's the rookie of the University of Maryland, Anthony McFarland. And it's just seven and a half receiving yards. You know I love these low thresholds. And this one's very achievable. Uh, again, he's going to work in tandem with Snell. Now, Snell's going to be the power back in this backfield. And you can't obviously run on the Ravens. So, again, having Brandon Williams back in uniform is going to be a major shot in the arm. But Connor averaged 18.5 routes run per game. Benny Snell ah, doesn't have the greatest hands. Uh, he's averages 2.2 routes per game this season. So, that's going to fall on McFarland, who's more of a scat back type. Uh, and I think he's easily going to get uh, this number. He's only going to take one catch, and the Ravens have allowed 5.5 receptions per game and 37 yards per game to pass catching running backs this season. So, fade or follow just seven and a half receiving yards for Anthony McFarland. I like this digging deep for the player props yeah, off baby. of this one. Grabbing the Terrapin rookie. Yes, I will absolutely follow on this one. Nice low number, a guy that can be a change of pace, as you said, with Connor out. I really think this is a fun bet to be able to dive in on. And you know how much we like the player props, especially those receiving yards props for the backs. So, folks, jump on this one because he could surprise everybody. Come out, be just enough of that offense that you can look at this ticket and go, cha-ching. Cash money. Make it with McFarland. Number three. All right, it's time for our MonkeyKnifeFight.com Monkey Knife Fight player prop of the day, of course, presented by MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Go there right now. Use the promo code FTN when you sign up. And when you do, you get a free $5 game on the house. It's more or less. It's over under on your favorite player props, whether it's for Steelers, Ravens, this merciful game finally being played, or any of the remaining upcoming games attached to week 13 of the fantasy season. Uh, the more you parlay them together, the more money you stuff in your pocket when you score on the more or less the over under only at monkeyknifefight.com. Big Ben is the number here 265.5 pass yards the clock's got to strike midnight because he's not reaching this taking the under here lundy 
well short of this in the first matchup. I know no two games were ever the same, but he went 21 to 32 for a buck 82 and two touchdowns. Familiar foes, bad blood, always boiling between these two teams. And the Ravens, uh, you know, I know they're down a ton of bodies, but that secondary is still. And, you know, operating, I think, at full capacity or pretty close to it. Uh, Baltimore in the season, 6.6 YPA allowed, just 235.2 pass yards per game. No one has gone over this number in Baltimore's last six contests, and I, I don't see a need for Roethlisberger to throw nearly enough because I don't think RG3 is going to put a ton of points on the board to justify him getting to 266. So I'm going to take the under, and comfortably so, on Roethlisberger, 265.5 pass yards. Fade or follow. Yeah, I like this, Brad. I think this is like a 22 completions for maybe 230, 235 yards right in that range. You're right. They aren't going to need him to air it out in this one. I don't think RG3 is going to get them down the field to put a lot of points on the board outside of just some simple field goals here and there. So, yeah, I think this is one where, as I said, I do think that Pittsburgh winds up scoring uh, in this game, tucking into the under, as we talked about at the beginning of the pod. But I think it's going to happen on the ground. I don't think it's going to happen with a lot through the air with Roethlisberger, way too high of a number at MKF. I'll tuck it under. Fade Big Ben. Number two. All right, we got some hot college hardwood action, a pair of matchups, uh, behemoth ones at that, and let's go ahead and address those right now. Let's do the first one here. West Virginia and the Gonzaga Bulldogs, a top-ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs. I can't believe I'm saying this. Lundy, you know me. You know I love the over in Gonzaga. It's like an auto bet. Because uh, they hit it like 92% of the time last year. But I'm taking the under 155 in this battle of two top 10 teams. And here's the reason why. Maybe I'm running a fever. Maybe I'm not well. Uh, or maybe it's just logic. Uh, Gonzaga is number three in adjusted tempo so far here in the early season, averaging 75.2 possessions per game. They're outstanding offensively, 63.1 effective field goal percentage, but they only give up 0.88 points per possession. And, and I think really the key in this game is the fact that West Virginia with Culver and Shubway, and Shubway is one hell of a shot blocker, they have the bodies, they have the trees to match the brawn and the power of the interior there in the paint patrollers and Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy. And for that reason, unless Gonzaga has lights out from outside, which they haven't shown so far here in the early going, I think this game is going to fall under the proposed total. I just think it's too high. I'm thinking maybe in the 145 to 150 range because the other thing to take into account here is that the Mountaineers, they get a ton of second chance opportunities. They play at a slower pace, and they will bleed the clock a little bit more than Gonzaga's used to. So, again, under 155, strangely so for me, Gonzaga, West Virginia, fade or follow. Uh, I'm actually going to follow you, believe it or not, because I know the numbers we're talking about from last year in terms of Gonzaga hitting the over, what was it, 90%, 91% of the time yeah. uh, over the course of the season. So far this year, one over, one under uh, for the Zags, and I think this is going to put them at one and two. I think they're going to hit the under uh, on this one because it will slow down a little bit. Different kind of matchup than what Gonzaga's used to. By the time they get into their conference play, whatever happens as we progress through these months of college basketball, I think they'll be back to comfortably hitting the overs but I agree with you on this one I actually think in this particular matchup it tucks underneath I'm feeling it maybe more like 145 148 and they stay safe of that 155 over under total under and Gonzaga what's wrong with me number one all right last one my beloved University of Illinois fighting Illini taking on the Baylor Bears and Lundy I have to you know speak objectively here I can't let subjectivity uh, reign supreme. I'm taking Baylor. 
minus the two and a half. I'm sorry, Illinois Nation. It's going to be a bittersweet night for me. Uh, but this is not a great matchup for Illinois. Now, I will say this. You know, Baylor plays a lot of matchup zone. Uh, and they have a ton of dudes that can, you know, slap the orange on the inside in terms of getting after it on the glass. Number three, an offensive rebounding percentage. Number seven, a defensive rebounding percentage. Illinois, believe it or not, number one in both of those categories on the national scene. But they haven't gone up against a team with this much size. And what I fear more than anything else is the perimeter shooting of Baylor, a team that can really make it rain from outside, shooting 50% as a collective in the first couple of games from beyond the arc with Teague and Mitchell and Buck. Butler and Flagler, and those guys can just drain it from all points on the floor. Illinois uh, has been a little bit turnover prone here early in the season, committing a miscue on 21.5% of their possessions. Also shooting it well and you know blazing the nets from outside at 46.9%. But again, the size, it can neutralize Kofi Coburn, uh, Georgie Bishanis-Vili, and Demonte Williams inside with Baylor to go along with their hot outside shooting I think is going to score the cover and best my Elida. God, I hope I'm wrong here, uh, but this matchup uh, isn't conducive to a favorable result for Illinois. So give me Baylor minus two and a half. Fade or follow. Uh, you're totally doing this as reverse psychology, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's kind of the approach you're taking. It's exactly what I thought. You know what? I do think that Baylor is a tough matchup. Illinois has got a great team this year. I know that, uh, as you well know, my son is a sophomore at Illinois. He's really disappointed to not be able to be attending these games. He was really excited for this season uh, and having to settle to watch them on uh, television instead of being able to see them in person. But uh, I think this is a really tough matchup for Illinois. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. There's a reason that that spread is only sitting at two and a half because these are two very good teams. But the couple of games that I have watched, Brad, just like you, we've seen Illinois committing turnovers, and that's what I don't yep. like to see because that is the sort of thing that Baylor will make you pay for. They're too good. Uh, and I think, frankly, unless they can control the turnovers, which I'm not sure they can just flip a switch and do that by the time they take on Baylor, uh, I'm just not convinced that they can pull away. I think Baylor can be able to handle this one two and a half. I see Baylor winning it by maybe five to yep. eight points right yep. in that range. Uh, uh, but the other thing to note for everybody, if you haven't been paying attention, Brad, this game tips off at 10, 10 o'clock Eastern, Eastern time. time. I know it's wild. It doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, it is such a late game. So if you've got a ticket on this one, you're going to be up late and paying the price on Thursday morning. But it may be worth it because it may be a great game. I guess be a barn burner. I would assume one of the clutchest players in all of college basketball. A guy's got ice water in his veins. But yeah, burn the midnight oil and enjoy those late night hoops uh, for those out there in the East Coast. We in the Mountain Time Zone. <laughs> it's, it's kind of wonderful starting at 8 o'clock. And I want to leave it at that. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Please follow Nate Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me at Noisy Chavos. Also, check out FTNFantasy.com, FTNDaily.com, and FTNBets.com for all of your fantasy sports and sports betting content needs. Use that promo code EVANS to score 10% off your subscription today. Drop us a rating or review, would you kindly? And as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.